My name is Brent Frayne. I'm the host for Canadians with Disabilities and Their Allies. Uh, check out the PWD podcast on your favorite app, Spotify, you can do Google search. You can do so many ways and just search for your favorite show and watch when it's convenient to you. Today, I have Syntheticus Canadiensis joining me on the show. Uh, welcome and very, very, very welcome to have you join me today. How are you? I am great. Thank you very much for having me. It's, it's a pleasure. Um, you know, there's so much to dive into um, regarding uh, legislative poverty in Canada um, and, uh, you know, and how, how it affects um, Canadians with disabilities um, on, you know, the day-to-day -day, uh, lived experience. Um, and having you share your story with me uh, is so maybe, welcome. Maybe before we launch into the actual show, just we'll spend two minutes just to talk about because we did sure. to put a post on that you and I are both leaving Twitter <laughs> and yes. uh, we'll, we'll spend maybe two or three minutes explaining that and okay. not, not much more, but I, I wanted to at least mention that because maybe people will notice that uh, going forward, I'm not going to mention, I'm not going to mention any, or we're not going to have, I used to put people's handles on the bottom of their photos and things like that. But going forward, uh, because I'm divesting myself of Twitter and so are you, we're not going to be putting uh, Twitter handles anymore under people people's names. We're just going to put the name. And it, even in the outro, I used to put your Twitter handle and my Twitter handle. That's gone now too. Inst instead, you'll notice going forward, we're just going to have your email address, my email address, and the, and the YouTube channel yeah. name. And that's it. So we're really divesting ourselves of Twitter and we'll spend two minutes. You could explain briefly what's happening there just so people are aware. Sure. Thanks, Neil. Um, so to my viewers and my listeners, um, effective September 30th, 2023, I um, have made the uh, ultimate decision uh, and it's uh, what well, it didn't come easy. Um, very uh, heart-wrenching heart decision uh, to leave Twitter. Um, I will be deactivating my account as of uh, tomorrow. Uh, so anyone watching today, uh, today's the 29th of September. Uh, the reason why I'm, I'm actually doing that, um, I'm actually following suit with uh, what uh, Neil has made that decision. Um, I've actually made that decision also, but the reason and why- And Sonia, Sonia has- uh... Sonia, uh, Sonia um, uh, Java Beans uh, um, has, uh, she already deactivated her account. The reason why it's um, policies uh, regarding uh, X, uh, Twitter X, I still call it Twitter because that's what it is. Uh, would you know? We just say what it is, that's and that's what it what, was. Yes, yeah. it's, it's and, almost uh, it's almost nothing anymore. 
Well, the way it's going, uh, there's going to yeah. be a lot of people jumping ship. Um, and I'm, I'm not here to um, trash Twitter like, uh, you know, Elon Musk. Um, nope, I'm not, you know, what I'm doing. The reason why is for me personally, um, I don't feel like I want to have my biometric uh, data um, stored in some other foreign area. Um, and so, yeah, for me, I just made that. Yeah, decision. They're, they're talking about eyeball scans and all the, I mean, you know, that face, that's, yeah, face that's scans scary are, shit now. Yeah, I mean, I, that's next level shit. So it's like, I want no part of that. They want to store your phone number, your email address, and they want your photo ID too, Neil. They want mm -hmm. photo ID. Yeah. I know I'm doing that. Like, uh, yeah. what is it, a government agency? That's fine. I can understand that. But this is yeah. for Elon. No. Uh, no. So I made that no, decision. No, thank you. You know, and it's, it was a hard decision, right? Because I have a lot of followers. I have a lot of uh, people who've been uh, interacting with our show. And so I guess my message I have out to my listeners and followers here, um, and, you know, people listening later on in the podcast, uh, please uh, keep in touch uh, with the uh, with the podcast here. If you want to join on as a, as a guest on the show, just like my current guest I have uh, joining us today, uh, reach out uh, to myself. You uh, you can reach out to weatherman.langley at gmail.com. That's my email address. Or you can reach out to Neil's address, which he will provide to you in just a moment. Yeah. Um, and uh, then he'll tell you the link uh, for the show. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's uh, moving forward. Uh, this is what we're, what we're doing. Uh, the show has always come to YouTube anyway, so that's yeah. nothing different. And people can still send their comments in. They'll be able to call into the show because uh, we do have that added feature. Uh, we just have to get it now going. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about that too in the show. Yeah, well, like like your email address. Uh, I know and you know that you have a lot of loyal followers on Twitter because you 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 developed a, a fairly big base on Twitter. I did, um, but this isn't this isn't about um, tr trying to piss people off. This oh, is about. Not. This is about uh, feeling violated that, that our that our privacy is being violated, and and I don't want any part of it. And so I told you that I was doing this, and then you're saying, "Well, maybe it's a good idea." So so both you and uh, Sonia are also stepping back from it as well. Um, yeah, definitely. I don't want any any part of the, the his policy going forward, uh, and mm -hmm. it's a shame because Twitter was actually a very good platform when it first started before before um, uh, Elon Musk took over and decided to change policies. Uh, then you have to start verifying uh, users that you're following too. I saw that. I was like, well, okay, what's going on here? Then I saw that message uh, yesterday. Um, yeah, so that was it on that. Um, so what was, uh, Neil, what was your uh, your email, the contact uh, email for people to reach uh, out to? My oh. email is, uh, it's uh, neiljm.nm at, at uh, gmail.com. And we're going to have, like I said, instead of on the old outros or, you know, the relatively new, new outros that we've been doing, I've been putting the Twitter handles at the, at the, at the end of the video, but going mm -hmm. forward, instead of the Twitter handles now, I'm just going to have the email addresses. So at the end of every, at the end of every uh, video, there'll be the email addresses. And so that's how you can get a hold of me and Brent. And also, as I've, I've said lots of times already now, if you just go over to my web page, it's uh, daddybentlinks.com. Mm -hmm. uh, there's actually a media page or a media tab on my website that says, do you want to be on the show? And you can click there 
and you just you just enter in even if it's just a show idea you don't you don't even have to be a guest you can just submit a show idea hit send and it goes directly to me that way as well and that's that's a way to stay connected as well to the show awesome awesome and who wants to be the next star and till today uh today right now I, it's syntheticus because we've we've wasted enough time on uh yeah, Elon Musk, yeah. so let's start the show now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you again for joining us. And uh, definitely, um, you know, we can have you back on again to uh, for another segment. Definitely. How are you? All right. That's um, pretty good uh, today. It's a nice blue sky, sunny day here in uh, Metro Vancouver. So I guess it's pretty nice. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, uh, I'm in a pretty good day today or pretty good mood today, I guess, for the most part. Uh, how How is everybody else doing today? Uh, really good. Uh, it's actually nice and sunny in Victoria, BC here. Uh, definitely a little breeze, but it's actually really nice. Um, uh, definitely fall is now setting in. You can definitely tell the difference of the, uh, uh, especially oh, you the can birds. feel it. You yeah, can the acorn falling up the trees now too. As long as yep. one doesn't hit me in the head, that's all. That went. <laughs> but you wanted to talk about the struggle on PWD social assistance here in BC. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Let's let's launch into that your your personal experience, your personal story about that. All right. Well, I have been on the uh, provincial disability system for uh, basically my entire adult life, and I've basically been receiving the allotted provincial amount, which is when I first started receiving it was as little as nine oh six a month. Today it's uh it's better than it used to be at like fifteen thirty five, but when you take into account inflation, it's it's barely above that. So it's it's not necessarily been a it's not a fantastic existence. I'm fairly lucky because I qualify for a specific housing program that prevents me from ending up uh, in a situation where I could wind up, you know, sleeping in a tent on East Hastings or something. So I'm not exactly. I know that I'm in a certain level of privilege where a lot of people in my position are not. And so I've, for the last uh, 10 years or so, been very preoccupied with uh, seeing how the provincial and federal disability systems exist in this country and have been preoccupied with fighting to improve them, to make them uh, better for people, because the reality is that the current system, as it is in place, um, leaves a lot of people behind and a lot of people fall through the cracks, including, although I did say I am fortunate, I include myself here. Um, as earlier this year, I was, uh, my sister and I were living with a roommate and uh, there was a, I won't get into the details about it because I, I, I would rather not, but I'll just state that it didn't end well. And my sister and I basically were thrown out of that, ha- uh, that housing situation in the middle of a burgeoning housing crisis here in uh, Metro Vancouver and Canada entirely. So the ability to afford a place to live was completely out of reach. Mm-hmm. And so we had to relocate to our uh, grandparents' place. And my grandfather is, uh, is 82. And it wasn't really necessarily fair that we had to, you know, take up space. And he had to take us on as a responsibility, but we didn't have a choice. And uh, right now, my sister is still with him, but I haven't really been able to uh, find uh, work or an apartment of my own. And so I worry about what happens if my grandfather were to say pass in the future, because my I'm all my sister really has to uh, rely on. And 
the reality is that the, the social safety net in BC has, has been completely inadequate at meeting the needs of my sister and I. And we haven't really been able to get back on our feet, even though it's been nine, almost 10 months now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with, with us, uh, it's really heart wrenching um, to hear, um, you know, because so many people are, are going through it. And I'm so sorry that you're going through that uh, and you shouldn't have to um, because the system is failing you. Um, the system is set to uh, to fail so many people and it doesn't need to be that way it's um, set it's set that way on purpose deliberately yeah yeah oh, you know, we need to stress that point yeah yes because the system the way back in the early uh, 1990s uh syntheticus is the they used to have pensions for disabled people uh and it was stripped away by a government at the time who felt that um that they need just people i guess people with disabilities my i don't car, know my car, car. I, I, okay actually before my question. car yeah. so i do not quite have like um a huge understanding of the, the history of the welfare state in canada beyond very basic understanding that provincial or sorry that pension system you mentioned was that a provincial or federal program? provincial it was provincial yeah all right, all right. and That's i believe i believe it's it they changed it i believe it was 1990 i believe that's when it, they started to scrap that and wow. and and then um the you know the mike harcourt thing where, where he stood up and he said uh you know experiments and stuff like that experiments yeah. and deadbeats uh yeah. I, I when, when he when he, he clawed when he clawed back everything that was that was for three or four years after that but um, you know his I, comment. His comment was kind of the nail, nail in the coffin, and everything kind of went you know down the shitter after that, right? Yeah. yeah if I much. do recall my reading of uh, Canadian political history correctly, I believe that what first initially happened was that the you know, correct me if I'm wrong because I might not be entirely correct here, but the federal government started slashing budgets in the '90s, and a lot of that's, those transfers went to the provinces, and provinces started cutting it that's as well correct. because they yeah. couldn't make up the shortfall. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. I, I was following a lot of the advocacy stuff on there. I, I had a I had a whole site, uh, Syntheticus, and it gave me the whole breakdown of every single province and why why legislation was put into place, what their what their policy was of uh, their agendas, and poof, it just disappeared. I couldn't access it anymore. It was gone. Is like it was probably embarrassing for the government. They didn't want people to read it anymore. Uh, but I. <laughs> I kept it in the mind, right? And when I was it doing almost, more... yeah, go ahead. It almost feels to me like a lot of our understanding of Canada and what we think this country is, especially in, with regards to how we compare with the states and other countries, seems to be based on the consensus that existed prior to the 1990s, and people still haven't really yeah. updated the reality of the present. Yeah. No, I, I, mean, I mean, I grew up, I mean... I'll... I mean, I'll show my age, but I, I grew up late sixties, early seventies is when I was basically a, a kid and like the seventies and eighties, I mean, that was kind of the heyday of Canada. Mm -hmm. And, and then, and then you get to the, um, you know, remember, remember, uh, Expo 86. Mm, I mean, yeah. that was yeah. really the, that was really the top to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, like I have really fond memories of that year and thinking, you know, cause, cause as a disabled person, 
going to Expo 86, uh, I, I was there every, I went down there every day. I had, I had a year, I had a year pass. I went down there every day, ate at McDonald's because it was, the, it was the cheapest thing to do is <laughs> go down to McBarge and eat, <laughs> yeah, eat at McDonald's, yeah. right? And, yeah. um, but yeah, and, and remember that uh, Rick Hansen had his uh, Man in Motion tour. Okay. It, it, it yeah. wrapped up a year later in uh, 87. So you, you kind of thought that, you know, things are looking up. Things are going to look up for people with disabilities. But in actual fact, everything went to shit after X86 and, and 1987. You thought that uh, Rick Hansen leaving his mark doing doing the globe tour thing would have made a difference it actually everything went to shit after that because mm -hmm. for for whatever reason the government started to started to think oh we can just do start donating like a, a million dollar checks to rick hansen and that's enough that's all we have to do remember remember well, they, mean, they gave yeah, him the I... they gave him the million dollar check and said what well, that's our that's job done that's all that's all we need to need to do and everything was walked back after that. It, it felt like to me, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, well, it, I would like to, to yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, jump in on that and mention yeah. something. Cause like you mentioned that for some reason, governments changed course. And I mean, but well, I'm, I, I'm a political person. I'm fairly left-leaning for reasons that are both material and also because I just believe in a better society. It's like, you know, I believe in a just society, you know, and Pierre Trudeau said Canada needed to be a just society. Like I, I, believe that strongly anyway so what happened and this tracks perfectly because what happened starting in the 1980s throughout the western world was the rise of what we now call neoliberalism which was the idea that um the market could solve everything and that the government just needs to butt out and get out of the way and that's basically what happened and so government started slashing all these programs and everything because the ideology of the day was the market will do everything mm -hmm. and we're now paying the the cons uh, the price of that of 30 40 years of that ideology being dominant in government and policy and and the unfortunate reality is i'm not opposed to the concept of capitalism or the free market i i generally think that those are on average good things but i do think that the fundamental misunderstanding here is that there are always going to be people that are not going to be able to compete in that market and disabled yeah. people are examples of people that often cannot compete in that market. Well, yeah, the the federal government, like we've talked, like we've talked before too, is uh, the federal government got out of got out of housing as well. They they basically turned they deregulated. They, yeah, and they they gave the keys. They gave the keys away to uh, to uh, you know all of all of the billionaires and said, "Well, the billionaires will take care of it or whatever." Right. Well, and that, and that's and why that has what, been a disaster. Yeah, yeah and that's happening now it's decades and decades of inaction and then wait till a crisis comes and says oh uh oh and now they're all pointing fingers at each other going no mm -hmm. no it's your fault it's your fault and you know the rates and the housing and we got medical like a medical crisis across the country you name it i mean all these crises is going on uh you know and not and in the rates like the pwd rates when they is shelter in my view i mean I, I want your your view on it too if you want uh but i don't okay. think it should even we, be in the equation like it should just be we a have one flat a, we have a comment from eva flightless birdie in the chat oh. she's oh. she's joined oh, wow. the chat so Hello. Uh, oh. yeah and her comment is uh the messaging being used to rush 
to rationalize to the public why governments would be going forward deeming people unworthy of support was and still is terrible. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, there, there's a level of infantilization that the uh, government Very language true, yeah. is often yeah. directed at those who need the help and uh, dehumanization as well. For example, you know, anyone who's on provincial disability assistance of some kind, they find it difficult to have a relationship because then if they do, they can lose their benefits because the person yeah. that they're now with, if that person isn't disabled, for example, the government now views that person to be their responsibility, which is yeah. a whole other horrible thing. Because what if the person they date turns out to be an abuser? Now they're stuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, it's, and, it's, and, it's and yeah, and you always talk about uh, the bathroom paths <laughs> uh, metaphor too. It's like, uh, you know, can I pretty please go to go to the washroom, right? Yeah, and, and, and that's how the whole that's how the whole system is set up, you know. Yeah, can I please, like, can I can please? I please leave the province for thirty yeah. days? Because has permission to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, why why do you need permission? You need to go go. Like, hey, yeah. you shouldn't have to ask permission. And you know, like the rates, uh, Syntheticus. Uh, so back in nineteen eighty nine, uh, a little bit of history here. Uh, the shelter rate was uh, two uh, two seventy five. In February of 1992, it went up to 325. It then stayed frozen, unchanged, frozen, <laughs> until April 1st, 2007. So it jumped from 1992 all the way to 2007. It finally went up to three, 325, uh, from 325 to three, 375, and it stayed there. It stayed there from 2007 all the way till current. And now it only increased only two certain individuals if your rent if you didn't show that your rent increased above 375 then you got no increase uh so it only i've got a very hot take on that yes yes definitely i think the shelter allowance shouldn't exist that doesn't mean the money go. should go away yes yes but i don't yes. think there yeah. should be a shelter allowance at all yes i think yeah. they should 100%. just have an amount of money that they yeah. give you and that's that I have noticed in the last few years, there's been a lot of advocacy, especially in the uh, in the spaces related to PWD, about how the shelter rates were too low. And I've always thought this was an odd thing to be worried about. I said, well, shouldn't the worry be that the rates themselves are too low? Why even have a shelter allowance when that's never going to be enough to cover rents anyway? Yeah, and that, and I, I echo that all the time. Uh, and that's one thing that I mentioned to the, the Minister um, of Social Development Poverty Reduction is having um, RGI, rent geared to income. So it just be based on your, your income uh, and they need to just get rid of that shelter because uh, I know, and you know, and I, I don't want to pick other provinces like, uh, you know, I'd say, you know, BC against Ontario or, or Alberta or whatever, because I know um, Ontario, they, they have the same system set up. It's almost like they copy each other. Well, you're doing it so we can do it. But Alberta, they don't even have the shelter. It's like you get your check, then you pay your rent, uh, and that's how it works. I'm going to give Alberta a lot of uh, credit, and I'm going to give yeah. them a lot of respect here because oh, yeah. they might not have been uh, necessarily voting the parties I want, but for some reason they've been much better on disability issues than any other parts oh, of the country. And I huge, find that huge. surprising, They're but good at the same time, you know? Well, yeah, let, let's back up. Dollars, yeah. Let's back up a little bit again, Brent, because it, it bears sure. repeating, it bears stressing. Uh, you said 1990, it was 275. Yeah. 
Nine, yeah, and, no, and, it, and it, it, they and they just they just changed it now from three seventy five uh, <laughs> to five hundred. So that means it's thirty years. Thirty yeah. years, it went up one hundred bucks. Thirty years, so that means three dollars a year. <laughs> three dollars a year if you if you do the math i mean I, i'm pretty good at doing math right with, with yeah, small numbers with small numbers like i can do it <laughs> you know so that's a hundred bucks in 30 mm -hmm. years that's three dollars a year that's disgusting yeah disgusting it, yeah it, 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 it really is. It is really totally is it's totally disgusting neil because the average the average rent when your rent is higher you know, you're going to get that percentage each year that the government has imposed on landlords. So if it's 2%, if it's 2.5, this year is 2%. Next year, it's a 3.5%. Now, I remember years ago, as uh, uh, Syntheticus would, would remember this too, uh, where there was times where rent was going up like 4.5%. I remember yeah, that. It was inflation so plus 2%. Yeah, was yeah, the, and, was the criteria they used. The, re the reason why they had them, why that was in place, was the one per the one of the formulas was there so that landlords would do up uptakes of their buildings, and the other part would be covering their costs, right? So, uh, yeah, in a lot of these buildings, they're just they haven't been uh, kept up. It was more of a cash grab. Uh, I were I rented from a corporate landlord, and uh, at one one place, and the uh, the manager actually told me that uh, they would just keep that money uh, for like the whole year and they'd go on vacation and they would well, never do any on the building. And, I'm like, and, well. and, and again, I mean, I've, I've mentioned this a few times before in other podcasts, but again, it bears repeating, um, you know, when the, when the pandemic hit and I mean, I'm not going to minimize, I'm not going to minimize the truth of what happened in the pandemic. You know, a lot of people lost their lives and I'm not going to minimize that. Okay. Cause yeah. I know that a lot of people died. Um, but I will say, you know, when, when you had the health officer standing up in front of the cameras and saying, you know, isn't it sad that we lost like, you know, four or five people today, you know, from COVID and yeah, that that's sad. But then you have like, think of the heat dome and all those people in those unsafe houses that lost their lives by cooking themselves to death. Because they had no air conditioner. Because they had no air conditioner. And I mean, yeah. and, and, and wait all, the, year. All, the, all the people, like hundreds and hundreds of people that are dying every year on the streets because of they're malnourished, they're unsafe, they're living in mm -hmm. unsafe situations, they're being they're abused. Too, on top of that, um, you know, I'm I'm wearing my orange shirt today. We should we should have mentioned I, um, Truth and Reconciliation Day is tomorrow. Yeah, officially. yes, um, that is true. It is. Yeah, yes. and um, so you know, I'm wearing my orange shirt one day early in recognition of all the murdered uh, children and women. Um, yeah. And um, yeah. so we yeah. should acknowledge that too. But, but you know, the same thing that happened to the indigenous community uh, used to happen back in the 60s and 70s or, or you know, earlier even uh, to all of the uh, disabled community too. Like we, we were institutionalized and abused and there's a lot of uh, histories of uh, sexual abuse happening in the institutionalized community. Uh, disability community back in the you know 60s 70s you know that went on as well yeah and you notice that the government never likes to talk about that part yeah you know and you yeah. know and 
you know, and, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to peg uh, indigenous, um, you know, the. No, not at all. Not at no, all. No, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm wearing my, but, I'm wearing my yeah. orange shirt proudly here. I'm but, just, but, you know, you know but, uh, you know, I'm glad that we're pointing that out though, because it's, it's very important too, to recognize that all the, uh, all the issues that happen for decades and decades, and it's just all been, everything's all been swept under the carpet. It's like saying, yeah, nothing to see here, folks. Uh, everything's all great. Uh, every, all the citizens are taken care of, taken care of. No, we're, no not. we're not. They're not being taken care of. And 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 that's the key. The key point is that going forward is it's holding the governments accountable. It doesn't matter what governments in power. It all comes down to policies. And you know, and I'm, I'm glad that you know we're like we're talking about. It doesn't matter who's in power. It, it's about who's like. I mean, it's about policies about increasing rates. And like kudos to Alberta. Like they, like they I'm glad that, you know you mentioned that synthetic. Cause like. Alberta, yeah, like they've really increased the rates. Uh, and it was actually under a different government. Um, who did that? Yeah, Allison uh, Redford in 2012 increased right. the rates from 1188 to 1588 in one I year. Re I remember that when I was reading that um, and I had called the government on that right away. And I said, how come they can, how come that our government can do it and ours can't? And you know what I was told back in 2012? I was told there's more to do. And now we're in 2023, and I keep hearing that same line. There's, there's still more, more to do. do. Yeah, there's more to do. And to me, that's like just kicking the can down the road because there's more to do. Yeah, like we'll deal with it later. That's in order to reduce down poverty, you don't push it forward. saying, there's more to do later on. How about you do it now? You sent me a link a couple of days ago, Brent, and it was about a uh, poverty report card. Remember? Oh, and, and yes. yeah, and yeah. Uh, that. and BC got a D plus, D plus. Oh D my, D plus for, for BC. Yeah. But I thought we we're supposed to be leading the country economically. Yeah, apparently not. Yeah, and I think the Maritimes uh, got F. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, who was leading? Was it Alberta? Like uh, I think it was Alberta. Is... Yeah. Yeah, Alberta. If we're if we're actually uh, and and uh, Quebec, of course, because Quebec, Quebec was actually does their own, their own thing. Up. Yeah, yeah, which no, is interesting because I've actually done research into Quebec. Because if I were to leave BC, any other province I'd want to live in would probably be Quebec. So I did research on this. I'd get less money there. I'd get less support. Mm. I've actually mm. looked into it. The amount of money that they offer the disabled community there is worse. Oh, okay. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Alberta also, you you can't. Uh, BC also does one thing great that a lot of other provinces don't. And also, I'm going to give credit. Alberta also does this too, but it's um, a slightly different, but basically the same thing. If you get disability in BC, you're able to work and earn a not insignificant amount of money. Like I've done the the math, and uh, the reality is that if I can find a part time job and work the 20 hours a week that I am able to work my monthly income would rise from 1535 to like almost $2,800 um, after tax and $2,800 is not bad. Actually. Yeah. The problem is that that is, uh, that is reliant on you being able to be able to one work two be able to find work and uh, three being able to hold it. And those are three things that many people in the disabled community are not able to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm generally yeah. lucky that if I can find a job and I can hold it because I am able to work, 
mostly um, that I can get out of poverty quite easily. But a lot of people in my situation, they don't have that option. They, they can't work. They don't have yeah. that alternative income. And, yeah. and my and my problem with everything, and, and Brent knows where I'm going with this, is that I did work for 20 years. And, uh, you know, I have a I have a previous wife and uh so I got a I got a survivor's pension and the government though the provincial government clawed that back as unearned income. So that's where my problem is like I worked yeah. for 20 years and I've paid into all this stuff and and, and, and then then they say well you know you work but you didn't really work you didn't really earn your survivor's pension so we'll just we'll just take that away because you know having a dead spouse is that's not really an inconvenience at all so we'll we'll just take that away you know and yeah. that's yeah, what i have a problem it's, with. it's ghoulish it's really. sick yeah it's you know, really sick yeah it, you know and it's hurting the hurting the people the most that need the most they they clawed off and in my view i i don't think any clawback shouldn't even exist anywhere in canada on provincial programs at all um even you in federal like federal or provincial there should be yeah. no well clawback. you guys um remember when the uh the serp during the pandemic oh, yes. and mm-hmm. most provinces they clawed that back like if you were Definitely. on dis- disability and you lost your job because of the pandemic and you qualified for the serp in many provinces if you collected that you lost your provincial assistance and now we're reliant on the CERB. Now, here in BC, we were pretty good, and we let you keep it. I know this because I fell into that. I lost my job at the start of the pandemic, and I qualified for CERB right off the bat. And I was worried about it at the time. I was like, am I going to be able to keep this? Is the provincial government going to take it? And in the end, the provincial government didn't take it. And for a solid period of time, because I couldn't find work for a while, my monthly income was quite high thanks to that because i was getting both the provincial disability and the serp now one mm-hmm. can qual- one can ask whether that is necessarily you know something that should have happened maybe it might have been a little more generous maybe i didn't need that amount of money but at the same time for a brief moment in time i got to feel what it was like to have mm-hmm. a government that didn't treat me like yeah. crap right mm-hmm. and and I, I just got to say that uh, that was life changing at that time period. Oh, huge. I could afford to do things that I wasn't able to do before. Well, I was able know. to upgrade my old decaying computer that was 10 years old. I was able to um, mm. replace my TV that was failing. I was able to eat properly. I was able to like it was a massive improvement on my on my quality of life and like again, I'm fully understanding that I probably didn't need that much, um, just based on the idea, like because my income actually went up prior to when I was working, mm-hmm. and so I probably didn't need that. But at the same time, I got to experience what it would what have been like. like. Yeah, yeah. what it's like me, to have more money. Yeah, yeah. To me, it's interesting that you said that again because immediately as soon as you said it's the first time like that I don't feel like crap i mean i'll go back again to uh expo 86 and this might seem like i'm taking a bit of a leap here but i, I have a point is like expo 86 was so disability centric 
I, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you remember Brent, but I mean, if you were, if you were disabled and going to X eighty six, you were treated like freaking royalty. Like they oh, rolled, yeah. they rolled out the red carpet for you, like big time. I don't know, I don't know how many times, like I went, uh, I got to like go to VIP like lounges and have like juice and cookies and stuff, like have my own individual shows. Like they would pull people out of lineups. Like they would look and see if you were in a wheelchair on on crutches and they pull you out of the lineup and say, go ahead and and go ahead of the show. And they would, you get private showings. I mean, the whole expo was set up so disability centric. And I mean, that's why I loved going. I went every day because it's like, I felt like a freaking rock star. And who and who did that? It was um, Jimmy Patterson and everybody that that ran the show there. I mean, they mm-hmm. they must have drilled it down. I'm like, if 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 somebody with a disability comes to the expo, you treat them yeah. like a freaking rock star. And I, I I did. I felt like a freaking rock star every day. I went there. I felt like a rock star. And I mean, when do we get the chance to feel like that? Never. You are a rock star. <laughs> yeah, but the government the government doesn't make you feel that way. No, no. And, and that's, you know, a good point on it. And I remember also that back in the pandemic too, where uh, there was a gentleman at a place that I was living at uh, in Langley, um, Syntheticus, and um, he, he was uh, collecting the CERB too. And he kept telling me, Brent, go and go and apply for it. I mean, the government's not going to take it off. I said, oh, yes, they will. No, they won't. Not in BC. So I didn't collect it. I was actually, we were getting the coat, we were getting that supplement, the $300 supplement that the government had put in. And we were advocating. uh, Yeah, we were advocating so hard on that. Uh, Sonia and I were advocating big time. We had the news come and talk to us about it. Like what would happen if, if the government took it away, like say they took it away uh, today or tomorrow. I said, what would happen? I said, well, I said, uh, wouldn't be able to eat healthy. Um, And I think they asked Sonia, uh, the, the question, what would happen if they took it away at $300? What would, what would happen, Sonia? We'd have to move. Yeah, if you heard what she said, <laughs> we would have to move. And so they asked me, well, the same thing. You would have to move? Like, what would happen? I said, we would have to give up our place that we live in right now. We would have to sacrifice that and because we couldn't afford the high rent. So that $300 made a huge difference in your life. I go, well, it is making a huge difference. I, I said, I really hope they don't take it away. Well, what I what I didn't know at the time was the government had already made that decision. The government had made that decision that uh, they were going to be taking away um, no less than 50%, but possibly giving back another 25%. And um, I was told at the time, uh, I mean, I can say it now, but I was told at the time what the decision was on that and uh, going forward. Huh. So they were going to be giving back $175 of the $300 going forward because we, a lot of the disabled community, we all caused such an uproar rallies, 300 to live. Uh, Sonia and I were involved with that campaign um, and going forward. Um, we're going to be uh, pushing uh, for the $300 that was initially taken away because the government actually in the budget, they only gave like a $175 increase just, uh, geez, just last year. Isn't that funny how, was, uh, yeah. I was actually really surprised by that, to be honest. I, I honestly thought that it was such an easy win for the government just to keep that, you know, like, and then when they basically took it away and then said they were going to give you back 175 I was just like, why 
Yeah, but like, yeah. This just doesn't make sense to me. Like, this was such a policy win in terms of, like, a good optics from the, the – it's not like people – it's not like there were, there were lobbyists trying to take it away. Like, I don't know. I didn't understand why they did it. It's, yeah, I, it just comes yeah, across like a shell game, right? Where they just move the shells yeah. around, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah and, and that's the thing. Like, so I mean, I went to our corporate landlord we were renting from, and the landlord says, "You told me that this is the amount that you're getting," and I said, "Yeah." Well, the ministry gave me a form. It was official form. This is your entitlement. Your your title per month, and it was based at fifteen fifteen. It said right on there fifteen fifteen. And I thought, oh, so she goes, so that would be plenty to rent here. I said, so if I didn't have the that $300, you still would have rented to me? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I would have rented to you, but I know that financially it would have made it a lot more um, tight for you to make it by on high uh, market rent. And I go, right. So if I knew that, I wouldn't have rented here because I knew that it would put us in a bad spot. And she goes, so it's going to put you in a bad spot now, right? They're going to take it away. I go, yeah, we're going to have to move. And the manager freaked. Right. She was so she was pissed off. She goes, the government can't do that. I go, they can and they will do that. They're that cruel. They don't care. She said, mm -hmm. that is wrong. And I said, she goes, it's an NDP government. I said, I don't care what government it is. They they don't care. I mean, we've been advocating. And so what I found out, uh, Synthetica's, is that there's a report that was done in uh, January, January 28th of 2021. It was a, ba a basic income pilot project that was going to be done. Uh, and however, the government decided not to go with it because it was only going to go to a certain uh, um, designation amount of, of disabled people in BC. And the, and the government at the time, the, the minister, uh, Minister Simpson at the time, uh, felt that it was that wouldn't be good because it was only going to go to certain people and everybody else wasn't going to get it as a pilot project. So he said, no, 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 that's not going to happen. But in that report, it did state then, so they concluded that uh, there were three people on a panel that that said, okay, one says a basic income, no, another one basic income, no. The other one said, yes, it's a good idea. But they went with the two, no, and so it overruled it. So the minister still had the final say-so. But what in that I report- I remember reading that, though. Yeah, I remember reading that report, and in that report, there was a lot of things there about like how instead of bringing in a universal basic income, yeah. that what they could do is they could just boost the social uh, support programs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually to make it so that like it's more fair. Yeah, mm -hmm. because in the, in that report, it was actually there was some top top items that were actually top of the list, and one was modernizing the the uh, the so social safety net, right? Raising the the rates up. Uh, there was yeah. something to do. Uh, rent something to do with rent too uh they were kind of mm, they weren't too focused on but i i think um, i'm hoping i'm really hoping that they're going to get rid of that shelter right uh but the other part too was it said uh, the, the part that really stood out to me the most in there was bringing back the 300 dollars and making it uh, permanent and i thought wow and mm. that when that report came out they had so obviously that told me they've already made that decision the 300 dollars in 2021 and we were still living where we were living and uh they only brought back part of it and so these uh, cruel decisions that when government makes and they already know the answer to it it really affects people's lives like you know what you've gone through too uh what you're going through um decision making based on government policies at the time 
where government will always have an excuse. Well, we're going to come up with a new computer system in two years. Okay, well, what are you going to do in the meantime? Uh, give a little uh, uh, pittance, uh, as Sonia would say, little pittance, meaning, and I always say breadcrumbs. She calls it pittance. And I say, well, you follow those little breadcrumbs because eventually it's going to add up to a whole bunch. But over how many decades is it going to take to pile those breadcrumbs up? Yeah, get and, we're, to and we're all in BC here, so we all know about the yeah. bus pass, right? The the bus right, pass yeah, clawback yeah. as well. I mean, yeah, that was so, me that was messed up as well because uh, Stillwell, like she, that uh, Michelle Stillwell, she mm -hmm. she went with the advice of five people yeah yeah she went she went to she went to her inside insiders of it was literally it was literally five people and five people said it's an unfair system so yeah. she shut the whole thing down and said you know what uh you know it's it's helping 99.9 percent .9 of the population but because my five people say it sucks i'm gonna change it it <laughs> you changed know? the whole system and it's just so they... stupid she catered, take away the, she catered the entire decision based on five votes yeah, versus 99.9% versus of the population that said, hey, it's a good idea. The specialist transportation subsidy for the rural areas, she took it away. And they all got one lump sum where they could go and buy a pay for a car insurance. They could go and pay, maybe go and pay a family friend. Hey, here's a lump sum. You can take me uh, wherever I need to go now. Oh, we're going to give everybody $52. And so that there was fairness and equity in the system, apparently. Equity in the system, I love that. Yeah, yeah right, right. Yeah. Uh, but hey, you can have 52, but you want a bus pass? Yeah, you can't have the money. You can have a bus pass, but cost Yeah, so you can you can either have a bus pass or you can eat. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like you, yeah. you can't do both. You can either you can either eat or you can have a bus pass. What what, what, I, what do I you want? The, yeah, yeah, I remember the time where remember that when the one government was in, remember they $77. Yeah, and then oh, it was fifty-two dollars. Yeah, and it was technically a twenty-five dollar raise at the time. Yeah, yeah. It was so a show it went game. from it went from nine oh six to nine thirty-one. It's like, wow, yeah. thank you very uh -huh. much, Christy Clark. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was a show game, really, and it backfired on them. And uh, so when they when they still didn't when the current government got in back in two thousand seventeen, they the first thing was they're going to re restore that bus pass. I was on them right away. I had reporters contact me. Did they restore the bus pass? I go, no, they did not. They did not restore it back to its original $45 a year bus pass. Well, they told me that they did. I go, well, they told you something that's not true. Because if that was the case, they would have one form. Fill it the out seniors have it. The seniors have it. Yeah, not the, the seniors same. have it. Same pass. Yeah, all they all they did was uh, raise the uh, rates by $52 that December, I think it was, to make up yeah. for the, the bus pass. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, yeah, 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 your bus pass is back. Here's $52 to cover the but bus it's, pass only. It's still, it's, like, it's still like a choice of do you want your bus pass or do you want to eat? Do you want your yeah. bus pass or do you want to Rather than just give everybody a bus pass and say there's no, there's no, there's no either or. Yeah, because if you opt get out rid of, of the, it, get rid of the either or and just give people a bus pass, and then it's not a, a choice of do you want a bus pass or do you want to eat? Because that's yeah, because that's just messed you, up too. Yeah, because if you opt out of that bus pass and take the money, and then say halfway through the month, uh, you know why I changed my mind, I want that bus pass. You got to wait over a month before they actually reinitiate it back in again. Mm -hmm. It's really messed up. Uh, you can take one taxi, uh, like to and from. 
it's 52 bucks depending on how far you travel now you can't travel for the rest of the month you don't get that 52 now you're really messed up even worse yeah. uh but you know the government looks at it as well we're giving them a choice 52 dollars so, so you, you can afford one you can afford one trip to the uh food bank maybe so that's it that's one one and, hole and, and, and yeah and that's that's it yeah yeah it's <laughs> just uh like i mean uh we can criticize the current provincial ndp a lot yeah. and there are examples of things that i generally would but uh i look at them and then i look at the government before them and right. i don't have a short memory i remember how much the bc uh liberals really but that's what they call them themselves but yeah, at the somebody... time uh i remember how they treated me and how they treated people that were vulnerable and i know that the bc ndp they're not necessarily adequate enough but, but they're still at least they're better giving they're still something. better yeah, you know still... it's yeah the yeah. ones because i remember synthetica said uh, the other the other government, uh, yeah, whatever they want to call themselves. It used to be the BC Liberals. Now it's the BC United Party. Uh, but hey, yeah, we changed the name. It, it's you know it's all better. Uh, but the polls now show they're they're like so far down. But I, I don't really follow too much on the polls because things can change. Whatever, right? But I remember the cruelty that they put uh, disabled people through about being reassessed to see if you're still disabled. Uh, and I was one of them that they put through. There was a whole slew of them. That was back um, in 2002. With um, yeah, it was right when we had a bus. We had a bus strike at the time. <laughs> Gordon Campbell. Yeah, uh, my doctor's office phoned me up and said, "Hey, uh, what's going on here?" Because I said, "Well, apparently I got a form. I got to get you to resign to see if I'm still disabled." Why? What? What happened, Brent? Did 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 you uh, did, you didn't tell the doctor that that uh, something changed? I go. I don't know. I don't. My disabilities didn't go away, did they? Just disabilities don't go away, Brent. I go well according to the government. So they put me through a lot of rigmarole. I'd go months with no income, like zero income. I lost my job at the time that I was working at because I couldn't do the job. I went to apply for another job. I couldn't do the job. Like it was, it was just it was uh, frustration, anxiety, stress. Uh, they called me PTSD at the time. Like you name it. Like it was not good. My doctor yelled and screamed at them, uh, ran to do lawsuits against them, uh, civil lawsuits. Oh, he had all the paperwork done up. He has lawyers involved. And next thing I had two ladies at my door saying, hey, you've been you've been re reassessed and yet you're, you're back on the system. And here's a check for you uh, because we retroactive it back. Meanwhile, I was renting from a, a friend's um, a friend's uh, sister and brother-in-law. And the lady was actually on maternity leave. So they were very low on income. The guy was working, uh, doing uh, uh, computer programming at a computer programming firm in Vancouver. So they only had one income and they relied on our income coming in to basically pay for their mortgage. Well, mm. guess what? Three months. I'm sorry. Sorry. Brent has no money to pay. I, I told the government that, that, you're putting me in a bad spot. You're putting these other people in a bad spot. If they lose their home, they can't pay their mortgage. Guess what? So what? We're all going to be on the street. Dan Dan, well, Dan makes a really good point in chat here. It's uh, Bertie and Dan are having a little conversation, and Dan makes a great point. Uh, he says uh, that the MLAs and MPs, but the MLAs here have they have a twenty five hundred dollar a month housing allowance, right? And, right. he, and so Dan says that they should, all the MLAs here should trade 
should trade their $2,500 housing allowance uh, with the uh, people on uh, PW and income assistance. And so they, they should have their, their $500 allowance and we can have, we can have the $2,500 allowance. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, I, I yeah. say yes to that. I, I think that would go a long way. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it would. I think yeah. it changed lives in, in a in a positive way. They could eat that would fix things. Choices and yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I I totally echo that. Um, there's so many changes. Right, so, I, I guess uh, this is supposed to go on until about three o'clock. So it's uh, twelve fifty one. Yeah. I wanted to. We could do a, we can do a wrap up comments now if you want. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to give a few of my solutions for what I think uh, needs yeah. to uh, needs to which needs to fit it needs to be done to fix it. Yeah. Uh, all right. To to start with, I'm curious how much of the like. I mean, obviously, I'm not in the room with the, the provincial government, so I don't know how much this is a, a degree. But in 2021, the federal liberals did technically run for re-election with promising the Canada disability benefit. I wonder if that had any impact on the provincial government's decision to not increase rates by 300 bucks. I'm sure it did. I'm sure. It I, did. I think, uh, I think that really had a huge impact on it. Um, you know, I do know um, just to kind of summarize it is a lot of the transfer payments uh, regardless of it's, uh, from the social safety net, healthcare, you name it. Um, they haven't been handled over to the provinces um, adequately enough. Um, I know that the BC Premier at the time, uh, the former uh, predecessor, uh, Mr. John Horgan, he had advocated really hard with the, uh, you know, with the federal government to have transfer payments over enough for healthcare. Because if you don't give enough on the PWD benefits, it puts strain on the healthcare, which now puts strain on on the system, right? So it. You know, mm -hmm. it really makes a huge difference not having those transfer payments. Um, so I, I really do. I, I agree with you. I really do think that um, that the decisions that are made federally have a huge impact on the provinces. All right. So then my thoughts on this are simply the following. I'm cautiously optimistic that the uh, Canada Disability Benefit will become a thing. I don't know how generous it will be or things like that, but I do believe that the federal government and the provincial governments are discussing this. So I am cautiously optimistic um, in saying that um, I don't think that having a, an additional federal program is necessarily the right way to go. I do think I'm grateful that that's what they're going to do. But what I want to see the, the federal government do is that since they already give transfers to the provinces for social programs, what they should do is Ottawa should sit down with all the provinces and say, here, I'm going to set a minimum standards, set minimum standards for what disability income should be, for what disability support should be. And if some provinces are not able to meet that, then the federal government will cover the additional required amount. But basically, the, the problem right now is with the current system in place and with Canada's current separation of powers and our confederation system or whatever, yeah, one province is scared to raise rates too much over another one because then they'll have a surge in applicants from out of province moving there. Basically, our current system results in a race to the bottom. The same reason why it's been difficult to raise the minimum wage until recently, because if one province raised the minimum wage too much, then now they're going to be out of sync with the rest of the provinces. and That might lead to a, um, a lower competitiveness or blah, 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 whatever business lobbyists will try to argue. Yeah. 
this is why I very unpopular opinion in this country for some reason. But I think the federal government needs more powers, not less. They need to set a national they need to set national disability standards. They need to yeah. set national minimum wage standards. They need to be able to set national labor standards because mm-hmm. leaving it up to the provinces literally just results in a race to the bottom. And that's what we've yeah. seen over the last several decades. Yeah, in my in, yeah, in, in my take on that, it's more like a like a unison across, harmonized across, so that uh, each province will be synchronized. And yeah, like you mentioned, is that if one province can't seem to, you know, kind of deal with it, uh, you know, with the adequate uh, rates, then the federal government is now going to top top up that province so that everyone's now going to be bumped up to that level. It's... And if a province decides to not abide and the federal government should use its fiscal capacity to punish that province. Kind of right. like how they technically do with the healthcare system. So if the province, for example, tries to privatize medicine, then the federal government can be like, okay, then you're not getting any money from us. The similar <laughs> thing should exist for things like disability assistance or, um, or uh, things like that. For example, if a province says, screw you, we're not going to help our disabled citizens, then the federal government should be like, okay, then we're not going to give you any transfers. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, you know, uh, it's like the uh, it's like the seniors, um, the senior supplements, right? Same thing. Like it's a guaranteed, a guaranteed amount, so that seniors, I mean, regardless of where they are in the country, they're they're getting that guaranteed amount. Birdie says, uh, Birdie says, the feds could choose to be the adults in the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. <laughs> they uh, could. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't feel like it right now, but they could be. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, there's so many positive changes definitely that need to be uh, done. And um, and I I encourage, uh, you know, I encourage people to contact their local uh, MLAs, their their MPs, their, you know, uh, MPPs, uh, wherever you are in the country, uh, definitely let them know, let them know how you feel about the social safety net with whatever province that you're in. Uh, I knew I do know that a couple of the Maritime provinces, uh, they don't even have a disability rate, um, which is disgusting. Uh, it, it, I mean, do you not recognize your citizens for having a disability? Um, I lived like- in, uh, I lived in Newfoundland for six months back in 2012, and I relied on the the welfare system there. They don't have a yeah. disability system. What they do is they just have a welfare system. So basically, yeah, if you need yeah. money from the government, they'll give you like 800 bucks, and that's that. Yeah. yeah, it's terrible. Probably more now, but like I don't know the modern rates. It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a lot of things need to change, um, and uh, what we can do is just you know gather up as a uh, as a community and, and let our voices be heard. Um, you know, unison. I want to say one last thing before uh, we yeah. finish up here. Sure. I want to mention that my member of parliament is Carla Qualtrough. Okay, and that I've actually spoken to her in person about the Canada Disability Benefit, and I'll tell you what she told me. Now, I do not have like it. It might be slightly different now that there's a different uh, minister in charge of disability. Like I was actually disappointed when they shifted that, not because I necessarily think that Carla Qualtro is doing a fantastic job, but more so just because I've lost my literal in-person ability to keep up with this stuff now because now it's mm. a minister out in uh, Toronto area, I think. Anyway, what she told me is this. She wants the Canada Disability Benefit to top up provincial disability rates to 26K a year. Hmm. Wow. Which, so in BC, that would be, she said, akin to about 700 bucks a month. 
And that's what she that's what she's aiming. That's what she was aiming. Uh, she also wants to make it in such a way that you don't get punished for working. If what she told me in person is actually what the government is considering, then this could be really good. Actually, this could be a very good thing. But again, it, it really does depend on uh, how serious the government is. She did say that there was dissenting opinions within the, the caucus. Some people wanted more. Some people wanted less. So mm -hmm. it really does depend on how much the federal government is taking this seriously. Um, I don't think uh, the prime minister is an evil man. I think he does understand that this is an issue. I do think that the liberals are taking this seriously. I just think that I feel like in a lot of ways that they've been slow on it because for some reason, this government has uh, a problem with passing legislation efficiently <laughs> and it doesn't matter what it is. It could be, it, it's the disability benefit. It's the dental care program. They basically wait until the last minute to actually set out the details. And I'm not entirely sure why they do this, but I'm cautiously optimistic I having spoken with Carla in person, I do like I get the feeling because she was very passionate. Like I get the feeling she's serious. She wants this to happen. So I do have cautious optimism. Yeah, well, um, they, they say no clawbacks, right? They're 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 making sure that that it's something that can't be clawed back. So what I'm wondering is, you know, because I already have my survivor's pension clawed back, I'm wondering if they'll have to end all clawbacks because I can't see the federal government saying, you know, it's okay. Right. You can, you can keep clawing back pensions and we'll just top up whatever you're clawing back. I, I can't see, I think the, I can't see the federal government signing off on this, on that and saying, Oh, it's fine. <laughs> you know? Well, I yeah, think you know. the intention is that the only thing that would not be clawed back would be the Canada disability benefit. So if you right. qualify for the national disability benefit, yeah. you would not have that clawed back, but I don't think that that so, would, impact how provinces can still claw things back. yeah that, that's that's weird to me though that the the, the yeah. federal government would say oh yeah go ahead claw back everything and we'll just we'll just, we'll just, we'll just top you up whatever yeah. after you've clawed everything back so i don't know it just doesn't make sense to me that yeah. they would that they would sign off on that and say yeah it's a good idea well what do, you, what do you what do you think about uh what do you think about derb uh, the uh disability emergency relief benefit I think that uh, it's a good idea. I think that there should be at least, if I were to give you my honest opinion, yeah. if I the, the best way I think the government could do this would be to top up the quarterly carbon tax sales tax credit by yeah. like a certain amount of money as just an emergency amount, because that would be very difficult for provinces to, to claw back. Whereas if yeah. they just brought in a new t a benefit and just said, all right, here's a monthly check for everybody, then provinces can easily claw that back. But if it's it, set it, up with the, the the sales tax credit, it's going to be hard it, for them to take that away. Yeah, they they could yeah. add it to like a GST when they do quarterly payments. They could just add it to the GST each time. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, like something like that, or, or I mean, it, you know, either do it, uh, you know, each month, or they could, uh, you know, do it in quarterly payments. Would would probably be the easiest to just to do it into the quarterly payments, and then you know, person would just have to just, you know, budget that, you know, into each month accordingly. But yeah, it would probably be easier uh, for the government federal for the CRA to do that. I mean, they already have the information already. They already know who who is supposed to get what. So yeah. Now, I don't I don't think that uh, they'll do that, uh, sadly, but I do expect no, I that we'll see money in the next year's budget. 
in a few months that is going to include the, the disability benefit. I do think that the government is trying its hardest to get the money out the door as fast as possible. So I'm expecting that if they keep their promise, this program should be hopefully operational in either late 2024 or early 2025. I believe that that's the target. Now that could be pushed back. And if it does, then that that's mm-hmm. where things suck because there's an election in 2025. But I think yeah. that right now the federal government wants to build a legacy because I think they realize that they're kind of screwed in the next election. So yeah. I'm pretty sure that they will they'll t- try and get this done because they want to make sure they get something that they can mm-hmm. say, look, we did this. Otherwise, because that way, <laughs> yeah, because otherwise then they, they basically lose the next election and they have nothing to show for it. Mm-hmm. So I think they will, but I, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I have my depressive moments where I go on Twitter and basically say, I don't think it's coming, but honestly, it, it's, um, I do think it is based on the resources I've spoken to. I have, I am technically a member of the federal liberal party and I've actually spoken to members of the party that are like higher up and they are taken seriously. So I mm-hmm. do think it's coming, but I don't know the whole details yet, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I, you know, from what I've been, you know, hearing from, uh, you know, different sources, same thing. Like, it's like, uh, you, you nailed it there. It's like the $2,200 mark, really. And that's what I was hearing uh, from a lot yeah. of it. it. Like, they want to, uh, you know, kind of put it to that level. And, and that's the narrative that I was always getting too um, from hearing from different uh, um, different people I've had on the show too. And, and some of my contacts within the, uh, the current NDP, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so um because i have uh, some contacts there and, and you know i've been hearing these things and you know of course i don't advertise it a lot because you know i mean it's all hearsay you know what i mean but because a lot of this stuff is getting as you know i mean a lot of this stuff is getting talked behind the behind the scenes and they're working on it they want to get it right and i mean sadly is that i mean people's lives are hurting in the meantime and that's why i think you know derb is so badly needed while they while they work on getting um getting this right no absolutely you know, and that's why um, it's so imperative that, uh, you know, something has to be done. Other than the uh, disability benefit, I think the other thing that needs to be done is that there needs to be investment in uh, uh, social housing for people with disabilities. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like a lot of people can say, oh, well, we also need to zone our cities to allow like more units to be constructed as well. But mm-hmm. people on disabilities with disabilities and on disability are you uh, oftentimes uniquely incapable of competing in the private market and they need a place to live and mm-hmm. it's not reasonable to tell people like me oh just leave bc just leave vancouver like if you can't yeah. afford it just leave it's like but this is my home i have a right to live here exactly i've, I've, I've built a life here we can't just tell people to just move to the middle of nowhere we have yeah. to make sure that there's resources and places for them to live within their communities well yeah you got to make sure that they have uh, their, their medical resources everything else like i mean Sure. Oh, move up to Prince George. I remember the what the one premier clerk. Remember? Oh, if you don't like it down here, move up north. Really? Well, are you going to have transit? Are you going to have medical yeah. services? Are you going to have your grocery stores? Is it walkable? Is it accessible? Mm-hmm. Oh, probably not. Yeah, oh, it's it's definitely not. It's not feasible. How, how will again, how will like, my electric wheelchair handle the snowfall? It, it, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly it, right? I mean, yeah. and it's all about. It's about living to uh, listening to PWD lived experience, right? It's about you know learning from from people, citizens of what works good for us, not with what works good for government. What works good for us, and that's why they're elected officials to listen 
to their citizens, their constituents. And uh, I'm so glad that we've had this uh, this great discussion today. And I'd love to have you back on and we can continue um, definitely talking a little some more. I would uh, very much be interested in returning uh, in the future. I think this has been a very productive conversation. I think we've uh, yeah. learned a lot. We've uh, discussed many uh, solutions. Uh, we've uh, leaked some information about like possible future changes that could be positive. So I think uh, yeah. from that perspective, this has been a very productive and great conversation. I thank you very much for having me on. Oh, if, my, my if, if only we ran government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be so much better, wouldn't it? <laughs> No, if, we, if I was in government, uh, this stuff would be fixed tomorrow, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I keep lobbying. Yeah, keep lobbying, uh, pushing the governments of the day to do the right thing, uh, whether that be NDP, liberal, or yeah, even conservatives. Like, I mean, yep. I don't want to view conservatives as necessarily bad here. Like, again, as we saw with uh, Allison Redford in uh, in yep. Alberta, the, the conservatives can do the right thing too. So. Yeah. It, 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 we just got to lobby. We just got to make sure that the governments are listening to us. And we got to we got to change the discussion and change yeah. the attitude that society overall has, because the reality is, I don't think Canadians are mean. I don't think Canadians are even fully aware of how bad things are. Like I've seen polling done that showed like 90 percent of Canadians support a Canada disability benefits. So mm -hmm. I generally think Canadians, we're a progressive, open minded bunch for the most part. And so. All we have to do is we need to remind Canadians what the actual state is in this country right now for people like us. And when we do that, I think we'll see an increase in people that are going to push for change. Well, especially when, uh, you know, when it affects people's lives, like anyone can become disabled or born as a, uh, with a disability as they age. I mean, they're going to get more uh, disabilities. And I think Absolutely. as society, and as society sees this, I mean, the pandemic had opened up a lot of issues in society um all the inequalities going forward and so having that as the government calls it the lens which just drives me batty but you know I me mean, but if we if we use the lens on it and saying hey like this focus on people with disabilities and saying where are the inequalities here how do we fix it as society where where did we go wrong like where what what happened i mean i i in my view i guess give everybody rgi just boost up the income give them rgi i mean make the ceiling unlimited so that when i say the ceiling their household income it should be based on the individual not the household and that oh, way absolutely. I, so many uh, things i shouldn't are, my sister and i shouldn't get penalized that she has to live no, with me no and that's how that. you know synthetically that's what happened to me and my mom my brother um my mom had brought my brother and i before we end the show but um one of us had to go one of us could stay and the government said that's his policy and i said policy i said but it was based on household income and, and i and i didn't really advocate that much back then i knew a little bit and i said well but this is my income though like this is what i made right but it's based on household remember so, remember yeah. uh christy clark's uh election consultations platform? election yeah. platform the was, consultations? was, was yes. family first remember that yes her family yeah, yeah, first yeah. platform Family so first, is breaking up families is breaking up families a family yep. first uh, agenda. So what what, <laughs> what I had what I had said because my mom had just got onto a senior supplement at the time and so she applied for um it was a safers program for seniors right so the minister who was in charge of the federal program was my worker at the same time go figure <laughs> so we sat down it was like almost like a conflict of interest but not really um and 
my mom goes, well, before I was even on disability, well, Brent pays me 30% of his income. Oh, well, well, that's great. I go, okay, but what would happen if I got disability? Well, we would just give you a lump sum and we would give you that sum of uh, $325. 325 well, okay. Is that paying more than what you're paying now? I go, no, I'm paying less than that. I'm paying less. I was paying less than 325 at the time. Mm -hmm. I said, but I said to my mom, well, I can give you more. But you know what the worker said? If you give her more, even though you're not on disability at the time, your mom will have to declare that and it boosts up her income, uh, her household income then. I said, what? Yeah, so based on now my income and hers. So when I got on disability, now it was combined. It was just under that threshold amount where I could still stay with her. I said, so what happens if I get more income and she does? Well, then it's going to get to the point where your mom's going to stay. You're going to have to go. So uh, I think yeah. I think the one thing I'd say here is that Canada generally has the social programs that are already intact and already in yep. place. And that yep. what needs to be done is they need to be modified. Yep. We don't necessarily need dramatically new programs. We've already got a welfare state in this country that generally does function. They just need to be they tweaked. need to be better invested and they need to be tweaked. Yeah. Yeah. To 2023 standards going forward. Yeah. <laughs> No, or uh, 2023 standards, Northern European standards would be my ideal. Yeah, not back in the 1800s. <laughs> yeah, or KHK wages. Uh, but yeah, uh, well, thank you. Thank you again. Um, I guess we'll go to some closing comments then um, just to uh, just to summarize the, the session. And um, I'll get definitely get Mio to reach out um, to you and we'll get you back on uh, very shortly in the near future. Oh, and if you guys are interested, I've got a couple codes for uh, Blue Sky. If you guys would like to try Blue Sky in the future, okay, I can I can give you guys a code. I've I've got two of them, I believe. You can uh, just email it over to Neil. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, and uh, definitely, um, and then he can he can let me know too. And definitely, yeah, we can uh, we'll definitely stay in contact uh, for sure. And uh, I mean, you've got my email address too. Um, so definitely. Uh, Stay in contact with us, and uh, we'll have you back on. And uh, I guess I'll, I'll start with every um, everybody. Remember to wear your orange shirt for yes, uh, truth and re reconciliation important. tomorrow. Very important uh, day. Um, so it's a stats a statutory day of uh, um, yeah. It, it's it's just yeah. Um, it almost make me tear up there. Um, I'll get Neil to mention mention about what they what the day is for tomorrow. Yeah, it's uh, Truth and Recon Reconciliation Day for Indigenous, uh, especially um, to do with the murdered uh, women, women and children, uh, the the children that were in the re uh, residential schools. Um, so it's in recognition of that. So uh, you know, if you don't have an orange shirt, you can wear a red. I think too, red is fine too, but. Uh, yeah. Try to wear orange it tomorrow. It almost made me tear up there when I when I think of all the all the sad you know situation that didn't have to happen for mm -hmm. the uh, the indigenous children uh, that were never never came home. And uh, I mean they they have that. Remember they had all those shoes up on the in the on the, the legislature steps yes, there. I, I mean them. that's, I that's really powerful. Really, I powerful saw that when they, when when I went by there, um, and I was just like I I stood that's there. Funny. Yep. The um uh the program I exist in is providing me housing. The lady I live with, uh, oh. she did the work, volunteer work for that. Oh wow! Oh wow! Oh. 
Oh, yeah, it's a really so, powerful thing when you when you look at that, powerful. and you're like, wow, yeah. You know, I, I I stood there and I looked at the shoes and I and I just visualized the the children. Um, and I it's like a moment of silence, and I I think it's so important that regardless of uh, you know how people's views are um, on what they what, how they feel about um, that day the day of uh, recognition of recognizing the children for who they would have been growing up to who they probably would have been really yeah. good um, citizens of, of this country right we got to look back and say why did this happen why yeah, why that's, that's what I was going to say that, yeah that's what I was going to say is we live in a we live in a cancel culture now. Uh, nowadays, yeah. like every everybody wants to cancel everything. Like cancel culture yeah. is everything. And to me, it's so important to remember our history. To remember, yeah. like we can remember good things, but yes. it's also yeah. important to remember bad things. Right. So, and like what, we need, what can we, we do? Need to, we need to learn from our history, even the bad yeah. history. And what can yeah. we do better going forward? Learn, learn from mistakes going going forward. I mean, I, I yep. often have a, I apologize. Um, I often have a term I always say on the, with regards to this. History doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. And it will continue to rhyme if we forget the lessons of history. Right. That's right. It's mm -hmm. like, um, it's like Remembrance Day, lest we forget, right? Um, mm -hmm. And uh, my, my, gra my grandma fought in the World War. My mom, my mom was in the, it was in the war. She was, um, she was uh, helped doing nursing uh, and stuff in the in the war. So I I learned a lot about things going forward. Um, what we're going through now, like we're going in a recession. We're actually in a recession. Uh, I think we're going to go into a deeper <laughs> recession. My mom predicted this years ago, and I argued with her. God rest your soul. <laughs> She's right. Um, but she said, "Learn, Brent. Learn going forward." you know, learn to be very responsible economically um, and just go with the flow. You just have to go with it, but stand up for what you believe in. And I always stuck with those words, stand up for yourself, stand up for what you believe in. And with that being said, um, Neil, I'm, I'm going to pass the mic over, but I, I want to thank everyone for watching today, for tuning in. Um, this has been a great show, having Thanks. our guest on uh, Syntheticus Canadiensis. <laughs> say that say that a few good times. I Synth love that. Syntheticus Canadiensis is how I pronounce yeah, it. I love yeah. it. I love that handle. I just yeah, it's it's rhymes. It's it's groovy. It's yeah. It's get, it's, it's getting well, very I, very I busy. To... It's getting very busy at nine right now. I feel like a train station. Yeah. So I got it. We got to sign yeah. off here now. <laughs> okay. But uh, it was a great show. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you we'll, very we'll much be... for having me. Thank you. Yeah.